Well, my friends, tonight the church celebrates, um, we celebrate as a parish, the solemnity of St. Francis of Assisi, our patron, the great St. Francis. And we're able to celebrate it even on a Sunday night um, because he's the patron of our parish. And so it takes the place of the Sunday celebration and we're able to celebrate this great saint, St. Francis of Assisi, who I think has been terribly maligned by this reputation that he has for simply just being the animal guy. Um, that Francis, if you ask most people what's, what's up with Francis of Assisi, it's all about the animals. He just, he loved animals. And in fact, in churches throughout the world today, uh, it's the blessing of animals. And so we bless the animals. Now, the only blessing I've ever seen for animals is for sick animals. So I don't know what they do in all those other churches. Um, but Francis of Assisi is about so much more than animals. Um, that it's, this is a man who totally loved God. This is a man who was captivated by the fire of Almighty God and this call to follow him. Francis, as a young man, um, was very involved in worldly ambitions. His father was a uh, wealthy uh, clothing merchant, and Francis wanted to be a knight. He fought in a battle with the neighboring city Perugia. He was wounded, he was captured, and he was in prison. That he really began to hear this call to, to follow our Lord in the gospel. And in a particular moment of his life, uh, Francis was praying in the church of San Damiano in Assisi, uh, where the cross, which is typically the cross associated with St. Francis, San Damiano cross, um, spoke to him and said, Francis, go and rebuild my house, which has fallen into ruin about you. And Francis looked around at this little uh, dinky church and said, okay, uh, I'll do that. And so he thought at first it was this this literal thing to rebuild this church of San Damiano that our Lord spoke to him, but it ended up being so much more that Francis was being called to rebuild the church of God uh, as a reformer of the church, which at the time, unfortunately, was filled with a lot of worldliness. That there's, and it's, this is it throughout the entire uh, history of the church, that we struggle with worldliness. And worldliness, our Holy Father... Pope Francis, when he visited Assisi within the first year of his pontificate, um, said very clearly, worldliness is the enemy of Jesus. Like, straight up, worldliness is the enemy of Jesus. But throughout 2,000 years, the members of the church and the institutional church have often struggled with worldliness. And Francis just totally lived contrary to that worldliness of the time. And that he set out, called by the Lord, to really just do something. Look, he didn't set out to found a religious order. There really weren't, there weren't religious orders. There were monasteries, but there weren't these types of religious orders. He didn't want to be the founder of anything. What did he want to do? Follow Jesus Christ. That's all Francis wanted. Just want to follow Jesus Christ. And I want to do what I've been called to do. To, you know, our Lord told me to rebuild this little church, so I'll do that. And he started um, selling, you know, sometimes maybe in zeal, we get carried away. So his father had expensive clothing and cloths to be made into clothing. And so he started selling those and giving the money away to the poor. And his father got pretty upset about that. And so his father actually took him to the bishop and said, Bishop, tell him he can't just take my stuff and sell it. And the bishop's like, yeah, man, you can't do that. Um, and so Fran's like, fine okay, um, I don't need my father's stuff. God is my father, and he'll provide for me. Now, 
it's a little um, interesting because even the clothing on Francis' back was from his father. His father's the guy who sold clothes. So in there, in the presence of the bishop and this crowd that had gathered, um, he stripped himself, totally. Um, and this was a real sign of just throwing off um, the worldliness and ties to a worldly way of life. Um, and that he was um, starting almost from scratch, uh, totally from scratch. He didn't even have clothes on his back. Um, starting from scratch, following our Lord. Look, the gospel is worth it. This is what Francis can teach each of us personally. Living the gospel is worth it, and it's not just about um, following a, a little bit. Uh, you know, I do, I do well enough, right? It's about giving ourselves to Jesus Christ and the radicality of following our Lord, each in our own way. We may not be called to live the extreme poverty of St. Francis. In fact, if we have care of a family, it would be imprudent of us to try to do that, to sell all of our stuff where there's actual human beings relying on our taking care of them, but to live a real detachment from worldly things. We can use the things of the world without being worldly, without letting them be the primary hold on our heart. We need to learn from Francis of Assisi to have our hearts set totally on Almighty God and God alone, and that the gospel is worth living, and it's worth living radically. Do we actually... I am sick of um, just whatever Catholicism, where we are just, you know, we're just doing it, and it's normal, um, and we don't, we don't make waves or rock any boats or whatever. We need to live the gospel radically, the gospel is a radical thing. To really give ourselves to Jesus Christ is a radical thing. Uh, and that we need to live that type of rad radicality. The Franciscans live that. They live it in their poverty and they live it in their peace. Um, usually Franciscans greet people, pace bene in Italian, pace bene. Peace and goodness, peace and goodness to you. You know, the Franciscans, when um, they went and they started, he went... Francis wanted to go and convert uh, the sultan at the time. And so he just was like, okay, let's go walk over there and try to convert the sultan. And the sultan was so impressed by this, you know, little Italian guy, it, totally poor, um, just trying to, to explain to him Jesus Christ, but with, um, with total just peace, just living peace. And he taught the Franciscans um, who would stay in the Holy Land and in the, that area um, to live at peace and total nonviolence, uh, that, that we live at peace with others. And if they, if they want to kill you, let them kill you. That's the gospel. If they want to kill you, let them kill you. If they want to hurt you, let them hurt you. Uh, you live for Jesus Christ. And that, that you just wish them peace and goodness. Pace bene. Because of that, because of the way the Franciscans lived that, they have been able to um, exist in the Holy Land, um, which is primarily a Muslim territory, until this day, uh, at peace with the local government and those around them, just spreading this message of peace. Not trying to get involved in the latest political fads, not trying to take one side or another, not trying to just be imposing, but it's contagious. St. John Paul II would say the church proposes and never imposes that we propose the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we don't go around imposing it. Rather, we wish peace. Pace bene. Uh, imagine what, how much different it would be if we just started greeting people like that. Peace. Peace and goodness to you. 
uh, and to really live that in a radical way. We need radical Christianity. We need those who are willing to live this radical life following our Lord in the midst of the world or in religious life or in the priesthood or whatever, but to follow our Lord, each and every one of us, in a radical way. Do we actually let the gospel shape us? Do we allow ourselves to be molded by the gospel? This was the changing point in St. Francis's life where he started letting the gospel shape him and not just kind of go about like everyone else was doing with the cultural Catholicism of the time. He started letting the gospel shape him. Do we let the gospel shape us or does it just kind of my Catholicism fit in to my secular worldview or my worldly worldview or my just convenience worldview? Do I actually allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to shape and mold me? Am I different for having read the Gospels of our Lord, for having come and attended Mass, for having been baptized? Do I live any differently because of that except for coming to church uh, for an hour a week? And so we need to allow the Gospel to shape us. We need to let Francis of Assisi teach us that. A final point is that on this celebration of St. Francis of Assisi, uh, this is our parish feast day. This is the feast of our patron, of our parish. And so we need to take this time uh, to be united and reunited, if you will, as a parish community. That a church and a parish is not just meant to be a spot of convenience. And I, I you know, this, we, this only, what, our third or fourth week of having this five o'clock mass. Uh, but in a particular way, it's the five o'clock Sunday mass uh, where I think that this is the hardest, because this can be a real convenient Mass uh, if we've had other stuff going on. Uh, but our primary relationship to the church should not be one of convenience. Is this an actual community of faith centered around the Eucharist, the altar, and the love of God? That's what a parish is, a community of faith centered around the Eucharist, and particularly the Eucharistic sacrifice in the Sunday celebration of Mass. A parish is not just isolated individuals uh, fulfilling their own piety on a Sunday or just visiting to pray. A parish is an actual community of believers centered around the Eucharist. And so on this feast of our patron, St. Francis of Assisi, we have to renew that we are actually not just isolated individuals coming here to pray, but that we are a real community of believers in Jesus Christ who are gathered around his altar. And if we've been um, a little too individualistic in the way that we go about living our faith, then we need to today be willing to actually be part of a community and that this is our community. We celebrate today our parish, that this is the feast for our parish. And so we really need to celebrate um, our patron and allow St. Francis to gather us together as this community. Communities gather, uh, I said St. Francis didn't want to found anything, but as he started living the gospel and living it radically, some people are like, hey, I want to do that too. What you're doing inspires me, and I want to join you. And then more and more and more people came uh, to follow and live like him. You know, the Franciscans are not actually called Franciscans. Their official name is the Order of uh, Friars Minor or Little Brothers. He just wanted them to be the Little Brothers. We're just the Little Brothers of Jesus. That's all we are. We're Little Brothers. He didn't want them to be Franciscans after him. 
Um, but that's kind of his inspiration. It gathered people. Uh, his, his model gathered people. Our community of faith should be such that it gathers people to want to come and be with us, to want to come and be gathered around the altar of our Lord, to want to pray with us and experience the peace, the goodness, the welcome that they can have here in St. Francis Parish. We have to be a living community of faith and not just isolated individuals. And so today uh, we ask St. Francis to help us live that, to live this as a parish community, to really be gathered together by our Lord. My friends, what a joy it is to celebrate our patron, St. Francis of Assisi. The model of his holiness of life should be an inspiration for us to radically live the gospel, to actually let, us, let it shape us, and then to really gather as this community of faith, this parish community centered around the altar, the Eucharistic sacrifice, um, and an imitation of our Lord. Today we ask St. Francis to pray for us so that we may follow our Lord Jesus as he did with total fidelity and zeal and that we may be part of this rebuilding of the church of God uh, and inflaming with the fire of divine love.